Today's Movie Lovers United podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We decided to partner up with BetterHelp because we know that therapy can help save lives as well as help with mental health. And BetterHelp will help you find the right therapist for you without waiting in a doctor's office. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Movie Lovers Unite. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. That's BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. And hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the show. With me tonight, have my good friend Tamika. Hello to everybody. Hey, hey, everyone. And tonight, we are actually going to be reviewing the last blockbuster documentary review. And this is something that we've been thinking about doing for a while now and everything. And it's just, now feels like the right time to do this documentary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I here's the thing. I love blockbusters. I remember going into the blockbuster store in Boston. I remember working for a video store. It was not blockbusters, but it was movie gallery. But still, let's go on ahead and talk about this documentary for a minute. So basically, this is what everybody thinks that Netflix was the cause of the blockbusters cl- closing. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo, just a small. Oh, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I here's the thing. We all think that Blockbuster closed because of Netflix. But that's not necessarily the case. Because in 2004, 9, 000, they had 9,000 stores with 16,000 employees. And that, then that, after that, they were down to 12 stores when Sandy's started in 2004. Ellen Payne owned, a, owned 44 Blockbusters, three remain. And that's pretty impressive whenever you actually look at it, where you have 9,000 stores in 2004 with 16,000 employees, and then all of a sudden it winds up turning down to 12 stores, which is crazy because I remember back in the 1980s is whenever it was really booming at that time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. what are your thought, initial thoughts on it? Um, I, I like the documentary. Um, I just happened to scroll through Netflix and I was like, the last blockbuster. I haven't heard that in a while. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I looked at the documentary and it's just one bit nostalgia fest. Just remembering even how the people in the documentary describe the smell of blockbuster. Right. Like go into the blockbuster and one person like, it's like burnt plastic. 
but in a good way. Like <laughs> it's, it's a good, like fresh burnt plastic. I don't know how to describe it. And somebody said a smell of khakis. And I think one guy from Smash Mouth was saying he wanted the smell of Blockbuster as a uh, car freshener. Yeah, he wanted the, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought that was actually pretty funny if you think about it. But yeah, it's you know, I miss the nostalgia spell, though. I miss the spell of going into a Blockbuster. I'm To be honest with you, I remember Glenn, this guy at Blockbusters, he used to hold my movies for me whenever I got up to Boston and everything. And he would have a bunch of, a stack of movies ready for me whenever I came in. My grandmother would go ahead and rent those movies for me. And I would just have a stack. And Glenn was actually the type of person that would actually reserve the movies for me, like the new releases and stuff like that. And Blockbusters at that time opened up at 10 o'clock a.m. in Boston. And my grandmother would go ahead and wait outside, waiting for Blockbusters to open. So, you know, that was my memory of Blockbusters. And of course, Glenn was just an awesome employee, too, because he would also recommend certain movies. That's one thing that I miss is the interaction with other people, rather than the five-star rating system that we have on, like, Redbox and things like that. I miss that one-on-one interaction with other people in the store that might actually recommend a movie to me rather than just reading somebody else's opinion that might actually be a troll or someone that just didn't really care about the movie or whatever. But still, I love going into a blockbuster. I still remember. Matter of fact, I, st- I have that smell right now. <laughs> just remembering going into a blockbuster, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's just crazy on how the time worked back in the 1980s. And, you know, when Sandy started, like I said, in 04, she was only, they don't they were only down to like uh, three remaining stores with a hundred thousand dollars, get this, a hundred thousand dollars to buy. Um, the cool thing about this though, mm-hmm. if you actually think about it, is this, um, basically how this actually came to be with us renting videos from the video store and stuff like that was the day of the rentals. Mm. And I loved how they talked about that because that opened up the doorways for small mom and pop stores to actually have their video stores open and stuff like that. And matter of fact, a couple of entrepreneurs got sued by the studios because of the fact that they didn't have the rights to actually sell anything uh, with, with of course being a rental store. And of course it took, get this a hundred bucks to rent a movie at that time. <laughs> yeah. And we think that we're poor now, <laughs> you know, but then they decide, hey, look, we're going to go ahead and sue them to the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court told them that they're not breaking any rules or anything like that. As a matter of fact, they sued them for $100,000. Hmm. Or $100. Well, yeah, it costs $100 to buy a movie from a studio. And then they sued the video store owners and brought them to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court overruled them, and video stores were born. 1990, Ken Tesker opened their first store which cost $400,000 to own your own video store. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days, all right. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this is also the doom of the mom and pop stores, though. Yeah, sadly. Because then every 16 hours, you would actually have a new Blockbuster opening up. Mm-hmm. 
which is yeah. really impressive. That you wouldn't even think that that many blockbusters would actually have the power to open up, but in select states and stuff like that, they were opening up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was fascinated with the term rev share, like yeah. how we talked about the mom and pop stores. They were only they could only afford like three copies of a movie that just yep. came out, and Blockbuster came up with this thing with rev share where they would um, negotiate it down to like, is it like two or five dollars? Yeah, basically it would actually cost. Yeah, basically what would they do is they would actually negotiate with the studios, blockbusters Mm -hmm. would, and therefore they didn't have to pay a large fee compared to a mom and pop store. They would actually have to pay maybe five dollars, maybe two dollars, two to five dollars for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and then the um, the studio would get the profits, profit of sales from what Blockbuster got from their movies. So Blockbuster could have like a hundred copies of a movie, whereas a mom and pop shop only had three copies because that's all they could afford. So yeah, that that pretty much was the end of mom and pop stores. Even though I still see a few of them around mm-hmm. Georgia. Like, I still see some here and there, so. Well, another thing, though, too, that I want to mention is this. Um, They even had to pretty much almost blackmail this one uh, person into turning his store into a a blockbuster. Yeah. Because they said, if you don't, there's going to be another blockbuster that's going to be moving down the street from you. Yeah, soprano style. Right. (laughs) Bust his kneecaps. But I remember going into a mom and pop store. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, in my town, we had a mom and pop store called Video Station, and my friend Kyle, his mom owned well, it wasn't the owner, but she actually was the manager over there at Video Station. And basically, you can rent any movie you wanted, but you only had one copy or two copies of that film. Mm, uh huh, yeah. And I remember a, a couple of times, Hocus Pocus, whenever it came out on VHS and everything. And we wanted to watch it. There was like one copy of it. We didn't have a blockbuster near us. So we couldn't actually go to a blockbuster. So basically, Video Station was it. That was the only place you can rent a video. And there was actually a couple of video stores before Video Station and stuff like that, too, that I remember going to as a kid. But Video Station was one of the ones, one of the places that I went to. And I was like, oh, this other person's supposed to be bringing it back and everything. You can wait if you want. I was like 10 years old. <laughs> no. Yeah, they it's, talked about that in the documentary, like similar to your story. Uh, for Blockbuster, one of the guys, they was like, well, when can we get the movie? He was like, oh, this person posed to bring it back by like midnight, yeah, like yesterday or something. And then they was like, oh, I'll just wait. And then they, the guy was waiting around. And then he was like, hey, what are you putting in the drop box? And they told him the movie. He was like, oh, I'll take that from you, yoink. And then he'll go in the Blockbuster store. Right. And sometimes you might get a gold mine, though, that you never even expect if you got it from the drop box either. Because, yeah, you might be waiting on that new release, but there could be an older film that you never saw before or something that maybe one of the Blockbuster employees might recommend. Yeah. And I went several times on a recommendation. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. 
and it turned out to be good. Sometimes eh, it wasn't so good, but still, <laughs> I just like the interaction. That's just me. Uh, Brandy says, I remember the excitement of looking for a new movie to watch. Me too. I remember going into a store mm-hmm. looking for the movie, new movie to watch. As a matter of fact, I like how they did the nostalgia factor of date night and everything too, and ha- having an argument back and forth about what movie that you're going to rent. And then also too, if somebody goes into action adventure and the other person comes in with a rom-com, <laughs> it's pretty much like, okay, this might not work. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a good first date mm-hmm. to take, you know, back then to take your date to blockbuster and say okay is this gonna work out no okay <laughs> let me cut this loose <laughs> right before it even gets more hectic yeah. than what it is yeah no second dates <laughs> <laughs> and also too this is like the dawn before netflix netflix and chill and all that and i like how they brought that up it's like okay yeah you get to do netflix but it's not the same as going into a video store and picking up that video and looking at the back of it and knowing what it's about. Yeah. Matter of fact, other stores before Blockbusters, they would used to hide the videos tapes underneath the counter so that way nobody would touch them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and Blockbusters gave was like Best Buy. They allowed you to have the freedom to touch anything that you wanted. Yeah. And to be able to look at everything. Yeah, they they talked about that too, you know, when we were talking earlier about the mom and pop stores and how Blockbuster dominated the market. Um, Blockbuster in the documentary, they said it was different because they actually put the movies out on the shelves for you to touch. And in the mom and pop stores, they had to go in the back and get them. Yeah, that's the rated R movies. (laughs) Yeah. As a matter of fact, David Cook put it into that though because everything is right there out in center. Yeah, and he got rid of the porno section. Yeah, that's always a plus. I wish that movie gallery would have done that. It's a family-friendly had... atmosphere. So <laughs> right. Like, no, it's all open. I was impressed, too, like, just with the documentary and then my memories of going into Blockbuster, I can understand, like, it's easy to navigate. So I think that's what made it inviting as well. Like, everything was kind of, like, spaced out. And you can go in and through the rows of movies. Um, the it was very bright, mm-hmm. it was blue and yellow. I don't know if there's any like psychological breakdown of what blue and yellow does, but it just seems to make you happy. And not only that, but easy to find a store. As yeah, well, with bright yeah. colors. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially at night, it looked gorgeous. It really did. <laughs> Although my, we didn't have the big, huge Blockbuster sign out in Boston. We yeah. just had uh, Blockbusters and just the sign with the logo, and that's it. Oh, well, that's good enough. It still yeah. is gorgeous. It, it does. <laughs> I have a couple of stories later on that I need to t- talk about, though, too. Please about Blockbusters do. Please in do. Boston. Please uh, do. I was going to ask, have you ever worked at Blockbuster, John? No, but like I said, I worked at Movie Gallery, which was close enough for me. Mm-hmm. From and that was my senior year of high school in 2003. Cool. So that was basically my first real kind of job job that I had. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I was actually doing landscaping. Oh, okay. So, you know, that was actually my first job job that I had, and I loved it. 
I love the interaction with the pe- with people. As a matter of fact, I remember one of my friends asking me if we had Jerry Maguire. I said, yeah, I just put that movie up not too long ago. Here, let me go on ahead and get it for you. I would go on ahead, grab it, and give it to her and everything, and mm-hmm. that would be it. And yeah. also, too, it has a great conversation starter, but at the same time, you also have some of those angry customers. It's like, how dare you let my son watch X-Men United? I'm like, it's a PG-13 movie, man. <laughs> There's more violence in Jaws than that, yeah. and that's PG. Exactly. <laughs> Hello. He goes, and you're the one who also gave your son your um, movie gallery card exactly. while you went into the grocery store. So that's yes. not on me to rent this from you. But I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but you're not going to end up getting a refund for, for this movie. Yes, you tell him, John. <laughs> so I had to rename Calm <laughs> and everything, too. Collect, which was hard to do, but you know, it is what it is, yeah. Um, but no, like I said, David Cook was uh named it Blockbusters Video, rated radar videos in the back and everything, too. Like we mentioned before, mm-hmm. was in the was in the back of the store with the little beads and everything. As a matter of fact, in Alabama, at this little mom and pop store, or maybe movie gallery itself, they actually had the back section like that, and then you have this creepy guy that works there following you around. Like, we're going to actually go back there and look and see what he has back there. <laughs> mm, so, <no>. yeah. <laughs> we we wound up leaving that Blockbuster. Uh, not that not that Blockbuster, but that mom and pop store. Yeah. Um, but another thing, though, I want to mention is the fact that Sandy actually had to get the software databases. And I was going to mention that, too. I found that fascinating. That was, like, one of my favorite parts. Like just watching her, a woman, to just take apart the 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 pieces of the computer and try to put it back together, just so that the POS system can function again. Yeah, like those old IBM computer parts she had back there. Yeah, she had to Frankenstein it and everything, Man. which I found really fascinating. Yeah, I hope now, like since this documentary has gone out that their POS system has updated. Like, that their computers are updated. Well, it's kind of hard to do that because of the certain software that's within the Blockbuster stuff. It's true. Though, too, and plus it's also built on floppy disk, remember? What she said about floppy disk <laughs> and everything, too. Yeah. So that's also another thing. Too bad there wasn't a way to actually convert the hard drives into into the other hard drives that we have today and doing it yeah. that way. Yeah. Blockbuster oh. iCloud. That would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if only it was thought of back then. But the new Blockbusters opening had, um, like I said, new Blockbusters was opening every 17 hours. Mm. Sandy goes shopping for new movies every Tuesday. She goes shopping at like Targets, Walmarts. Mm-hmm. I just started thinking to myself, that's just crazy that you would actually rent buy five or six movies of the same title and then put it up for people to rent. Yeah. Yeah, that that was yeah. That was pretty crazy. I I saw that and I was like, wow, this lady is dedicated. She needs a raise first off. Because of all the things she's doing. Especially I mean, with all the kids that she has, all these foster kids that she yeah. brings in from the stores. <laughs> Everybody in that town has worked for her. Like that was their first job was working for her. And she's been there for like 15 years or so. 
Yeah, since 2004. It's crazy. And at that time, yeah, it was 14 years ago, but I think it's longer now. Oh, yeah, it is longer. But blocks, not only that, but Blockbuster was able to have uh, several copies of a movie versus going to a mom-and-pop store, like we mentioned, where they might mm-hmm. just have one copy of the movie that you're looking for. <laughs> the, uh, and then, of course, Blockbusters was able to go to the studios and negotiate with them re- uh, revenue deals, which is those share revenue deals, instead mm-hmm. of paying $72, you pay $2 to two to $5 and share the revenue yeah. with the studios, which was the end of the mom-and-pop stores. Yeah. Yeah. And matter of fact, Pacific Video dominated the mom and pop stores because they thought they were this big, huge franchise uh, thing like Blockbusters is at that time, mm-hmm. was going to be at that time. And they weren't. They were just a mom and pop stores. They were going to call it Coyote uh, Video. Yeah, Coyote Video. And everything. So <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. But it was also cheesy, though, if they did Coyote Video. I think Pacific Video was perfect. <laughs> but that's just, yeah. But that's also, too, this is also when Blockbusters goes ahead and tells them, hey, look, we're going to open up another Blockbuster. And yeah. if you don't go ahead and when you don't when when you don't go on ahead and uh, name, rename your store Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, they basically took over, and then you saw the sign in the documentary that was like formerly owned by Pacific Video, but now yeah. it's a blockbuster. So yeah, blockbuster mm-hmm. like monopolized that whole thing. <laughs> Pretty much, they were like the the Sopranos of video stores. If you oh think yeah, <laughs> blockbuster was Tony Soprano. It was right. like boom, I'm gonna bust some kneecaps, and I want your money. And I want your store. Or else yeah. there's going to be another store. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. But, you know, and then, of course, Pacific. Now, I like how they actually handled the transformation of the store. Because they they managed to keep the staff on board. Everything was the same. It's just that the logo was different. Yeah. So, I like the fact that they, just because they changed uh, direction on where they were going with the, this mom and pop store, they didn't get rid of anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. They just so, had a change into those khakis and yeah. that blue shirt <laughs> and convert to corporate. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, Sandy has to dig, like I said, um, then, of course, Pacific Video was turned into a blockbuster. Sandy has to dig out the hard drive, mm-hmm. which is the motherboard for the PO systems to make the computer systems work. Now, 1986, there was 20 stores. Mm-hmm. In 1994, Blockbusters had 3,600 um, total stores. Wow. And Vacom used Blockbusters as a money machine, borrowing against for future revenue. Mm-hmm. So that's how they actually lost most of the majority of their money was because of that deal, that share deal that they had. Yeah, yeah, and the economic boom in 2008 just really tore them down as well. Right, and this is what I find funny. uh, This company got CEO of Taco Bell at the time. 
<laughs> to take over. <laughs> who who revamped Taco Bell with a chalupa? <laughs> right. With just flatbread, a chalupa, and bingo. He was all. Ta- yeah. Taco Bell became like the number one fast food restaurant. Yeah, chalupa wrapped with a hard shell taco. Wow. <laughs> Not that enthused on the chalupa, I take it. But oh, okay, I like chalupas too. I do too. I like the chalupa. Cream he did bars. a good job. He was smart. He just couldn't save Blockbuster, but he saved no. Taco Bell. So that's. I think at that time. Here's the thing. I think at that time though too, it was a little too late to save it. And even whenever um, Dish Network tried saving it, mm-hmm. it was too late for them because they already had this company already had. Stock invested into them and was using them as a cash cow to steal from them. But there's also some other stuff, other factors though, too, besides them, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Yeah. Because it shows how dumb they are because I feel like they forgot where they came from. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But Blockbuster took the company public, bringing in $465 million public offering while leaving it in debt over competition, started to wipe. Blockbusters away. Blockbusters had a chance to buy Netflix for fifty million dollars. Yeah, and basically, I love the the whole entire puppeteer thing that they use in the documentary. <laughs> and there's this one dude that's there to present something. It's not like Netflix has a million people that come with them, but there's this one puppet that's that has the end for Netflix. He comes out there to try to present it, and yeah. you have all these guys over there laughing their asses off over at. Netflix. Blockbuster. Yep, Blockbusters was laughing their asses off at mm-hmm. Netflix because they didn't think that they were going to dominate or do anything. All they saw them as was some someone that just sends DVDs into the meal and that's it. And that it wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> and then I started thinking to myself, you guys are forgetting where you guys actually came from. You came from a small business and everything with oh, uh, the guy Cook, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You came yeah. from a small place, and then you expanded it. Netflix is doing the same thing. They're starting off small, and then they're going to expand, and they're going to be bigger than what you think they are going to be. And I feel like that Blockbuster has lost its identity. They mm-hmm. didn't know where they were, who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. And then, of course, they think that they're going to last forever and everything, too. But reality didn't even set in yet or anything like that on how much money that this other company is even taking from them. Yeah. Which forced them into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, once Netflix, what a puppet show, as I like <laughs> to call it. The the puppet was like, hey guys, you know, just reenacting how the meeting would have gone. Um, hey guys, you know, I'm Netflix. Uh, you want to get together, or if not, we're gonna wipe you off the face of the earth. And Blockbuster, like, get out of here, fool. You don't know what you're talking about. We're Blockbuster. We're the shit. Boom. We're gonna be here together forever, forever, ever, ever, forever, ever, ever, ever. No, <laughs> and it was what I found fascinating was the creator of Netflix. He he created it because he was pissed off about late fees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I'm and pissed about late fees. I'm gonna create Netflix. 
And then next thing you know, a Blockbusters does away with late fees. And oh. they also start doing the whole entire deal. Okay, you you can't come into Blockbuster? No problem. We'll mail you out your your DVD to you. Yeah. I'm like, you are a bunch of idiots because you still don't get the concept of what Netflix is doing. They're trying to evolutionalize the way that we watch video and movies yeah. and things like that. They're thinking old school. They're thinking yeah. of the old school way, the old school mentality and everything. And it's not going to work because look at the digital age now. Mm-hmm. If they would have actually embraced it, I think that they would have still been alive today. Yeah. Yeah, they like you said, they didn't see far ahead. They they were still stuck where they were, um, thinking that people would just continue to come into the stores and get VHS. VHS would be here forever. What they didn't factor in was technology, how advanced right. and growing it was. Like once the DVD hit the market, then it was like well, what do, what do I need to come in for? This company over here, Netflix, said I can pay, gosh, I forgot how much it was now, but those were the glory days. And it was like right. five bucks a month. Uh, I can pay this and I can get like four movies in the mail. <clears throat> and then with you, I have to, his probably was limited to two. I never did the blockbuster mail-in thing. I don't Me know either. if you- it either oh yeah so i don't know what it was but because, it clearly it wasn't enough as much as netflix was no definitely not and not only mm-hmm. that but netflix at that time also had this thing where you can actually check off a movie that you might want to watch later on and select your three or four movies and then after you get done with that one or maybe two disc they'll send you in the other ones on reserve for you yeah so therefore that did away with oh we don't have this movie in our store so you're going to wait until somebody else came even with the millions of movies that they had on reserve well not on reserve but for the new releases mm-hmm. all those boxes were gone oh yeah because I remember going into a blockbuster and it was a new release and if they had maybe 20 copies of a movie mm-hmm. and all 20 copies are gone yeah yeah because those people didn't pay their late fees <laughs> <laughs> like they said that the people that don't pay the late fees, they just keep it and they like screw you, Blockbuster. And then next thing you know, there's there was twenty, and now there's like nineteen, and then there's eighteen, and then there's two. Right, like like you can threaten people all you want. I think Blockbuster probably should have took those people to court. You want to know what's funny? After they closed down, they did take someone for uh, to court for a late fee. <laughs> With it closed, <laughs> it was the bank that uh Blockbuster was using, yeah, over a thousand dollars. Oh, wow! Uh, was his late was this person's late fee? Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, no, they they should have like instantly said, We will sue you if you do not bring this tape back. I don't know if that would have helped, but. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been something. Um, another thing, though, too, I want to mention is this, is that, okay, after all that is said and done, they're looking for a backer after filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they ran out, ran out of ideas on where they can go. So then you have this other cable company, Dish Network, 
they decided to go on ahead and buy uh, blockbusters for three hundred and twenty million dollars, which is less than what they pay, than what the original company that was screwing them over paid for. Yeah. So at that time, blockbusters was less was worth less money because of all the stuff that they've been through yeah. and everything. They made two mistakes. They made a mistake with uh, that uh, Vecom mm-hmm. uh, thing, and then they also made a mistake with Netflix not yeah. buying from them. Yeah, they had a bunch of poor management decisions, and they, like, like said, you said, they they weren't visionaries. They they couldn't see past like, oh, look at all this money we're making. Like you, yeah, that's great, but you have to see like how much more can my revenue grows in the future? Like you have to think beyond today, right? And be like a couple steps ahead. And even if an opportunity like Netflix came, like they were saying in the documentary, can you imagine if Blockbuster took Netflix on his offer? Then we would be like Blockbuster and chill. And <laughs> we would be like, what What are you going to watch on Blockbuster? I don't know. Maybe Stranger Things. Right. Oh, did you know that the new season of Blah, Blah, Blah is on Blockbuster? What? Let me check that out. Right. And I believe that you can actually embrace the digital age with physical content mm-hmm. if you do it in the correct way, in the correct context. And once they did, went away from the VHS, they they did update their stuff to, VH, uh, to DVDs. Yeah, they did. So they did try to do it uh, in that kind of context. But at the same time, though, you're not embracing the age that there is a new age, a new dawn of people that are looking for something different. Yeah, yeah. I I remember going into one of those store closings, um, Blockbuster store closings, and just buying a couple of DVDs, which I have now. I think I bought Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> so I got that the little sleeve. <laughs> but let's see here. Back when I was a kid, we didn't have them. Whenever I was out of school. That's mm-hmm. when we winded up in Bogalusa, this little small town in Louisiana. Uh, they had a uh, blockbuster. And okay. I remember applying for that store and everything, too. And I didn't get the job, of course, or anything like that. But also, too, I remember another thing that happened was this. I mean, I remember applying for a movie gallery, and I winded up getting the job, and I winded up loving that job. Because of the fact that I had the interaction with people, people liked my picks that I would actually pick out for them if they were stumped on something that they didn't have. And then, of course, my friend Kevin would always bust my balls with, hey, can you go ahead and waive my late late fee? (laughs) He goes, I said, how much is your late fee anyways? He goes, $30. I said, no, man. I said, I can't do that. No. I can see and, if he was playing, but geez, right. third. <laughs> yeah. Kevin was always the one that always busted my balls up in uh, up inside movie gallery. <laughs> <laughs> and of oh. course we also had mature content movies though too. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if we're gonna get to the blockbuster stories or not. But yeah, we can I, if you want. Okay, so you know my infamous Blockbuster story. When I was a kid, I went into Blockbuster. This was like, what, eighty, late 80s in the 90s. And then Big came out. 
And um and I went in the blockbuster and then they had like the big piano that Tom Hanks used to dance on in the movie Big. And they had like a replica of that piano in Blockbuster. So I I knew that piano was there. So I just ran back there and I was just like, you know, just tapping on the little keys. And I think I broke it, but it was fine. I hurried up and ran and got off of it. (laughs) And then there was a couple movies in Blockbuster that I saw a lot. I think my mom said it was The Wizard of Oz that we used to rent religiously. And I think I watched it so much, I kind of tore it up. And my mom had to kind of go in with a pencil and kind of just like, he's <laughs> like, oh, stick it back up. She's like, there it goes. It's fixed. Thank goodness we didn't get fined for that. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to tell you a blockbuster story that happened yeah, when okay. I was a kid. They actually had to close the store temporarily because a car went through it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember that as a kid. And I was like, okay, so no blockbuster for me today. Oh man. So, yeah. Was the actually went through. Huh? Were they drunk? I don't know what the story was, but I know they were closed at the time. So they went through the window through it. Damn. <laughs> and then there was also my very first CD that I ever owned was from a blockbuster. CD. You said CD? A soundtrack. Wait, oh, soundtrack. Wait, they... Yeah, they, yeah. they had music, right? Yeah, they actually sold music. That must have been in like the 90s or something. It was back when the Cable Guy came out. Okay. And everything. And I bought the Cable Guy soundtrack with Jim Carrey. Okay, yeah. I bought that soundtrack over there and I also bought... The Wedding Singer soundtrack. Okay. Okay. So, so two of my CD. As a matter of fact, I still have the CDs in my uh, in my CD holder and everything. Still, to this day, they still play. Oh, okay. You didn't <laughs> keep the cases, did you? No, I didn't keep the cases. Oh, okay, I was gonna ask. Did they smell like blockbusters? <laughs> I wish I did. If I would have known, I would have just went on ahead and did that. But did you know that I actually? Now, here's another fun fact. I actually bought a Savage Garden album from them. Yeah, and the guy from Savage Garden used to work at Blockbuster. Right. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) But I'll tell you something else that was actually funny, though. I remember renting the Three Stooges video game for $1.25. What? This must have been when they were, were they going out of business? No, because in the 1980s or 1990s, I would always go, uh, here's the thing, I love the Three Stooges, so I would go on ahead and buy the, uh, not buy the video game, but rent the video game for $1.25. And my mom's like, I'm not paying another $1.25 for you to go play a video game. (laughs) (laughs) But I like it when it respects the pies in their face, in these other people's faces. Yeah. Because I don't care what she goes, I don't care what you like. I'm like, okay, fine. Jeez. And then there was another time that I picked something up because I was taking forever in the store. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. And mom's like, my mom's like, well, would you hurry the hell up so that we, we can get out of here? So I'll just grab something. <laughs> so it was during my Uncle Charlie's um, birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even have a clue at what I even picked up. So I just put the tape in. 
So I'm just being, I think it was like a soft core porno tape. Of course, you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like 12 years old, 13. Mm-hmm. And my brother's like, what are you guys watching? And then my nephew Artie and I, my cousin Artie and I are like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like my business. <laughs> so he already up and got my mom. She goes, what the hell? I was like, you made me pick it out. <laughs> oh, gosh, John, John, John. Mm-hmm. Because it was supposed to be like an alien type of film, uh-huh. sci-fi film, or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. And I didn't yeah. even read the back of it or anything like that. And of course, sure, I was like, "Gun." Sure, John. <laughs> it so sounds anyways, like it was um, was it Splice? No, at that time, oh. this is the nineties. Okay. There was no Splice. <laughs> I don't even okay. know what the name of it is called, to be honest with you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Enough about me. What about your stories? <laughs> well, I hear some more about your story picking up porno and Blockbuster, John. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember those long lines, and it it felt like Walmart. It was it felt like a precursor more than Walmart now, where you have one register open. And then this long line going all the way back to the fiction section. And then you're like, oh, damn, I wish they'll open another register. Damn. And then while you're there, you're like, I'll just get these Google clusters. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show them. Like, I'll show them. Oh, corporate. But yeah, 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 I remember those long lines. Uh, it used to be, when I was a kid, I used to have like a playpen or something really? like that in the Blockbuster. And I used to, did you go to? I didn't have no playpen. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> get playpen type equipment for the kids in the kids section. Because I it used to go down the slide. And then I think I went down the slide and some dumb kids in my way and they got like my foot in their face. But that was their fault. It shouldn't have been that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I remember all that. And just not knowing what to get. Like you go on the shelf, you're like, oh, this looks okay, but I don't know. I'm not in the mood to see that. Uh, And then you'd be in there for an hour just trying to figure out what you want. And like you said, my mom too would be like, hurry up because I don't have all night to be here while you pick something. (laughs) And then I think at that time you only get, what, two or three movies? Yeah, you got like two or three movies, and that's it. Two or three movies, and then one was due back like Thursday by 10, no, by noon. And then another one was due back Friday by 8 p.m., let's say. And then, you know, like in the documentary, they, they kind of played that role out. Um, And then a guy, the guy in the documentary was like, I'm not going to remember that. And then she was like, oh, we printed a receipt for you. And then so, the guy's like, I remember that. Like, my sister and a lot of people were pissed about that. This is due back tomorrow by noon. And people like, I got work. Okay, I don't got time to come back by noon. So I think they kind of like extended their due, due back date time. Yeah. After that. For a couple of dollars extra, I think you can bring it for like five extra nights. If I'm yeah. not a movie rental or three nights or. As a, on a new rental, I believe it would have to be back the next day for mm-hmm. a dollar extra. I think you can go back the next day of uh, the day after 
and go ahead and get it. It's amazing that I still know that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you sure you didn't work now, John? I'm sure. I just know their okay. policies. But then again, at Movie Gallery, we had close to the same policies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Standard. I, and get this. I remember another thing, though, too, at Movie Gallery, for instance. Hold on. We have one One of my... This is what Brandy said. One of my favorite movies to rent at Blockbusters was Dream a Little Dream. Okay. But... I haven't seen me either. I haven't seen that one. Uh, but here's another thing that happened to me at Movie Gallery. Mm-hmm. And this is what winded up happening. You know how I told you we have adult sections? Yeah. For, well, this one guy, I knew he was not a member because of what he did. He brought all the cases that was on the shelf and brought them up to the front counter. <laughs> And he had Lord of the G-String, Fellowship of the yeah. G-String. Mm-hmm. He good. had a Playboy softcore mm-hmm. thing. He had several yeah, other films. Right. It's all right. He had like eight films. Mm-hmm. I, looked yeah. at, I looked at my coworker and said, someone's going to be happy by the end of the night. Yeah. yeah. Was <laughs> his hair already sticky? I don't know. I didn't even bother. But yeah. once he found out that he had to have a membership, he left. Oh, man. And then there's also another time when I remember my, my niece was actually working at, at a, a video station. Mm-hmm. So this one person brought a video station DVD to us. Mm-hmm. So I had to drive over. It's like maybe three minutes away. Mm-hmm. And I drove over there. I said, Anna, I think this belongs to you. This is this is y'all's. There's your sticker right there. She goes, what happened? I said, I don't know. Someone dropped it off over here. By the way, why do you have, don't forget to rewind on our DVD. <laughs> and then here I am with the DVD. <laughs> I was like, Anna, I'm rewinding it, but it's just not working. Here, no. let me try fast forwarding in it. That's such goes, a dick. <laughs> get the hell out of here. I said, I said, movie gallery is better. And I, <laughs> 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 I walked out the store, but <laughs> and everybody's just laughing their asses off at me because of that, though. <laughs> Such a dick. I love it. <laughs> I'm rewinding it, Anna. I had it on my finger, spinning it. Oh, wait. Let me rewind it. Oh, am I going to get a late fee? Oh, my God. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you get a lot of late fees. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was just me busting her whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I had, I had fun though. That 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 video store was actually one of my favorite places to work at. Yeah, yeah. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. And the ladies that worked there were really sweet and everything too. Uh, we did have another instance uh, where this kid from high school that I knew mm-hmm. he stole a GameCube. He stole a couple of video games from the store. And we rolled back the video camera, and then we tried turning them in for it. And they're like, "Oh, you can't. We can't do anything about it because it wasn't proven." I was like, "The evidence is right there." Yeah, yeah, you weren't on top of him seeing that he stole it. I said, "The evidence is right there on camera." I'm goodness. This bunch of lazy police work. (laughs) Well, it's not them. It was actually the corporate people from movie gallery. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you see, that's why Netflix took over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, 
working for a video store is rewarding, but at the same time, I could probably turn into uh, Randall from Clerks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know, but it made sense that Quentin Tarantino worked in a video store. It makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, some of the comedians, they're not like A-list comedians, but they're pretty good comedians. I've seen them. They were talking about their experience working at the video store. One of the comedians said that when people used to um, drop the movies in the drop box, they would hide in the little bin and snatch it from them right when they were dropping it. Yep. Which... I'm assuming that gave a couple people heart attacks, but they didn't care. It was funny. No. (laughs) And also, too, there was also this other thing I want to mention, too, before we close out, though, too. Mm -hmm. In Alaska, remember, there was like three video blockbuster stores at that time. Yeah. So Alaska decides, hey, let's get some memorabilia from Russell Crowe. Mm -hmm. Or no, no, no. It was actually, what's that? John Oliver show. John Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, John Oliver says, guess what we have? We have all the clothes that Russell Crowe has ever worn. Mm-hmm. Even, um, what did he wear? Uh, it was the jock strap. In yeah, the Cinderella jock strap. Man. <laughs> he goes, I'll even give you the jock strap from Cinderella Man. Yeah. All this shit is yours to yeah, borrow. Yeah, get this. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they call up John Oliver, and of course, and they were he was actually hard to get uh, get a hold of. But mm-hmm. by then their company also tanked, and then next thing you know, it the people in, in Oregon managed to get John Oliver um, the stuff that John Oliver donated over to the other store. Yeah. Yeah, which and, is now the only store left. Because, yep. like you say, it was four, and they slowly tanked. And now we have the one in, was it Bend, Oregon? Yeah, Bend, Oregon. Which is now, it seems like a, a pilgrimage to Mecca. Because I was just looking at their Instagram page, and what she was talking about on the documentary, people from all over come to that store because it's the last blockbuster on the planet. (laughs) And it's like a a museum type of a regular blockbuster store. Like they're on Instagram still. They have a store. And I, that's what I I was going to get to. What's the store? What's the name of the store? Uh, You can go on like uh, blockbuster.com. I think it's www.blockbuster.com. But you go on their Instagram page and you can get their t-shirts like Blockbuster merch. And a t-shirt was like 20 bucks. So I got one that says Be Kind Rewind. Sweet. But the, the kids won't know what that is. They like rewind what? Speaking of which, people travel from all over the world. Oh, I thought you were going to pull out a VHS. I was like, no. <gasps> <laughs> I don't think I have one. <laughs> okay. But I might actually have one, but oh. I just don't feel like getting one out. Oh, okay. But it just amazes me that everybody travels from all around the country to go to this one place to get some nostalgia just yeah. to go to a video store. 
Mm-hmm. Like we have one person that traveled from Italy to go to a video store. Yeah. And then you had this other person that drove 16 hours to go <laughs> just to go to Oregon to this video store. Now my question is for you, would you travel that far to go to the video store to go and see the last blockbuster? Yeah, I probably would. Same. I would yeah. definitely do it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I probably would. So I, I just meet you across eight lines halfway and then you just yeah. carpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I come pick you up. Okay. Yeah. And then I take picture in front of the sign. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm here. <laughs> oh, hey, Sandy. I saw you on the documentary. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Store manager Sandy. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> She is that though. She said like she had like a hundred interviews once everybody knew that was the last blockbuster. Like New York Times and all these people were interviewing them, even when the documentary was filmed. And they was like, How much how many interviews is that? Like a hundred? Dang. So yeah. And the online store keeps that store running and functioning. So everybody has to go to that website and buy their merch because we have to keep this treasure this american treasure open because it's the last one on this planet which it's not earth 616 but um it's one of the earths in the multiverse we have to keep it open so buy some merch and um keep ben oregon blockbuster open please all right. So, is there any final thoughts that you want to talk about as far as the documentary goes, or do you think we co- pretty much covered every- almost everything that we wanted to say? Um, I saw in Target there's a party game on Blockbuster. Really? There's a Blockbuster party game that you can play. I'm not sure if I want to relive like somebody slap a card down, late fee, rewind. <laughs> like I don't know, but maybe it'll be fun. But yeah, uh, my last thoughts are just keep being Oregon's blockbuster open and keep Sandy, the manager, employed and all the employees. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Look for them on Instagram and Facebook. And also on Twitter. Oh, oh they're on Twitter too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're Go actually on Twitter. <laughs> so they're pretty much all part of the social network, but also too, I want to mention this. Um, I was actually happy to see Sam Levine in this documentary because he actually played in Inglorious Bastards, which is actually a Quentin Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. You know the guy with the beard with the short hair? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Sam. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, Sam Levine is also part of the Schmodown. And everything too. So it was just cool to actually see him and being able to explain why he loves Blockbuster so much. And the same thing with Kevin Smith as well as to his love for Blockbuster. And if you're not, to be honest with you, if you think about it, Blockbusters was a lot like going to the movies. Yeah. Because here's the thing when we go to the movies we don't think about race we don't think about religion we don't think about anything we're all in a movie together watching this film together mm-hmm. when you go to a blockbuster race doesn't matter religion doesn't matter 
There's no separation from anything or anyone. They're all there just for one purpose only, and that is to run a movie and to find the best movie for you. And it unites us, just like going into a movie theater and so everything. If blockbusters were still open, we would not have racism and all the isms we have just, in this. Country. Just in the store alone, we won't. <laughs> when you go to the store alone, you won't have to deal with that, probably. But uh, outside the store and everything, yeah. See, the president at that time should have kept Blockbuster open, and then we wouldn't have so many racist problems and all the isms. Well, that's a story. <laughs> right. All right. So, before, <laughs> so basically, that's going to be it for the show for tonight. I do appreciate Tamika coming on here and everything, us talking it. about. Um, Blockbusters, the last Blockbusters. We had a lot of fun talking about this. Yeah, love it. This was a dream that I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I have my Blockbuster t-shirt on with the next podcast we do. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you and guys, you, John. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. How about that? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So with that being said, guys, go on ahead and support us how do you guys support us right you're just going ahead and head over to bonfire.com and hit and forward slash movie lovers unite and we all we have a campaign going on right now for mafia talk t-shirts and they're 18 dollars. going ahead get yourself and get yourself a movie lovers unite presents mafia talks t-shirt for 18 dollars. we only have four days left during this campaign. And once that campaign is gone, that's it. There's not going to be another campaign for a while. So go on ahead, get you some merch at bonfire.com slash movie lovers unite. Another way you guys can go on ahead and support us, just go on ahead and head over to gofundme.com slash movie lovers podcast. Donate five to $10 to us. Or if you can't, that's totally fine too. We totally get it and everything. But Another thing you guys can do too is go ahead and hit that like button, hit that share button and everything too. Show us some love. That's another way that you guys can actually support us. And also too, if you guys want to, go ahead, head over to Spotify and all wherever you guys listen to podcasts from. Subscribe to the audio only podcast. We do mini shows over there. Follow me on Scary at Movie Lovers Unit. Follow me on, on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. Of course, follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Tonight over there. Underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Then, of course, if you guys are a sponsor or anything like that and would like to sponsor us or just send me a short email, how do you do that? Just go to movieloversunite at gmail.com and then go to www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs and wants. And those are all the places that you can reach me at. Always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.